Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. All right, and welcome to another episode of Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host. Dr. Bayer Pierre, your favorite board certified internist, founder of drbayerpierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself with better health with the number one podcast of patient advocacy, education, and affirmation. This week, we bring you a return guest who is here to help save us for the holidays. Guys, I know once holidays come around, we kind of forget our eating lifestyle habits. Right, and we start getting that feeling that peer pressure from the office, feeling that peer pressure at work, feeling that peer pressure around the dinner table to eat stuff, to drink stuff, to nibble on stuff that we shouldn't be actually doing. Right, so we have Dr. Sylvia Boley, America's obesity physician, here to help guide us in the right direction and to give us some tips on how to make sure that this holiday season doesn't end with the blues because we ate a lot more than we should have ate or we foods that we were staying away from for nine, 10 months, all of a sudden these last two months come around and we start nibbling on it. Um, so we don't want to do that, right? So again, I want you to check out another uh, episode uh, with a repeat guest. And I, you know, I love the repeat guests, right? Cause they, I think they come more energized than I do, right? To, to talk to the lunch and learn community. Cause you know, you guys give the support that you guys give. So definitely, Shout out to you guys for that. Um, remember, uh, if you're the first time listening, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review or comment or whatever. Um, tell a friend and tell a friend. In fact, tell 10 friends not to listen to this week's episode and make sure that for Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, they stick to their lifestyle habits and make sure they don't get the blues where come January, they're talking about a New Year's resolution that could have been avoided if they took care of themselves before Thanksgiving. You guys have a great and blessed day and get ready for another amazing episode. One of the sponsors for the Lunch and Learn Community Podcast is the Lunch and Learn Community Store where you can find t-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, stickers, and wristbands with the motto, Empower Yourself for Better Health. Remember, 50% of all proceeds will go to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation where we give out college scholarships to deserving high school seniors across the country. Thus far, we have given out over 20 deserving scholarships to students across the country. So again, 50% of the proceeds will be uh, blessed to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation. And today you can get the coupon code LUNCH20. You can get 20% off your purchase and you support these high school students across the country. Again, the Lunch and Learn Community Store is at shop.drbayerpierre.com and the coupon code is LUNCH20. All right, Lunch and Learn community, we have a very familiar voice and guest on the podcast this week and someone that I'm always excited to hear from. Uh, it's funny, we just we were just getting on before we started this conversation uh, that, that we talked so much beforehand <laughs> that we don't, sometimes we don't get a chance to get to the actual interview. Um, but we have Dr. Sylvia Boli here who's coming to us for the holidays to get us right, to get us eating better. Because uh, we already know. We already know how y'all going to do. We already know Thanksgiving <laughs> coming up. We already know Christmas is coming up. We already know what's going to go down. So we want to make sure we at least put that bug in your ear and say, hey, 
there's the different options. Again, Dr. Bowley, thank you for coming on the Lynch Lab with Dr. Barry. Truly, again, much appreciated. Uh, again, both your episodes are absolutely phenomenal. People love it. So I already know the third time is going to be just as amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Barry. So first of all, I was bragging on Dr. Barry because he's been on his own fitness weight loss journey and he's done an amazing job. So yes. kudos to him. So that's how we started just talking about the, his transformation already. And so it's so exciting to see you grow and learn in your own, learn from what, practicing what you preach, you know? So, you, you, know, you know, that's, that's on, <laughs> honestly, and, and it's crazy because especially as physicians, we're, our, we're the worst patients. We already know that. Uh-huh. And uh, you say it enough, you say it enough what you're supposed to do. And then when you finally get to the point where you have to do it, it's like, okay, all right, let me stop. Let me, let me stop tripping out here. Exactly. You know that, you know, my story is similar. That's exactly what happened. So in, for me, my weight journey, and I like calling it a weight journey now because so often we focus on the weight loss. So then when you actually lose the weight, then people think, oh, let me go back to everything I was doing before. Mm -hmm. And then that's how we get the weight regain after that weight loss. So it's a weight journey. So you're constantly working on how to maintain it and keep that weight off. So, but for me, it started in 2014. And basically I, at that point was 50 pounds overweight because I had baby weight a year and a half later that I was still hey, carrying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's community. You can't see, but she definitely hit us with the quotes. <laughs> baby weight. It, when your baby's a toddler, it is not baby weight no more. It was just not baby weight. Your baby. <laughs> when your baby's not no longer drinking milk and it's onto solids, you can't call it baby weight. So that's where I was. I, my baby was like, you know, about 18 months. And so... If, and I was stress eating. Um, I learned through it. I was an emotional eater. So I was stressed and overeating, not sleeping, prioritizing work, prioritizing family, everybody else other than myself. And so and basically I had gained this 60 pounds actually in pregnancy and held on to 40 of it through those negative habits that I had. And so finally it was starting to affect my practice of medicine. Like I could not coach, could not talk to people. Like I couldn't counsel them because I say, have you, what did you eat for lunch? And then little voice would be like, what you eat for lunch. Mm -hmm. And you know, it was nothing healthy. It was like pizza. It was something high in carbs. Then I would say, when did you, have you been exercising? A little voice said, have you been exercising? Nope. I hadn't been exercising. So it really starts to affect my ability to counsel. And like I've shared, there are studies that show that. So doctors who are overweight or have obesity are less likely to diagnose their patients with obesity or to counsel them on it. So I was actually living that. And so I started making these small changes over time, little by little. And it really is how I just kicked off my weight loss journey. And over five years later, another baby have lost that 50 pounds that I gained from the second baby. And um, I've already lost it. She's, um, she's going to be one next month on Yay. the second. And so um, from the lessons I learned from that. So I'm just really excited and passionate about helping people identify like what I call their weight gain triggers and so that they can get to their happy, healthy weight and have lifelong weight loss. This because we're grown, right? At a certain point, grown talk, folks don't need them. crash diets. Talk yeah, we don't need crash diets. 
we need something that's going to last that you can do for the rest of your life. And also when you try to put a grown person on a cra- on a crash diet or something quick, be it, mm, I'm not going to, I'm going to step on toes. And I'm not saying any of these are wrong. <laughs> I'm not Mm-mm. saying any of these are wrong, which other people disagree, but I'm saying trying to put everybody in one square peg into one box and say, you be, everyone needs to be keto. Everyone needs to be pale. Everybody needs to be mentored it doesn't work because everybody's a little bit different. So we need to help grown folks figure out what works best for them. And so that you can have lifelong weight loss. So that's my, that's my passion. That's my goal. That's my soapbox and I'll get off of it. (laughs) Now, especially with the second baby, was there any Mm -hmm. like fear that, you know what? All right. It happened the first time. Uh, Mm. I I was, I learned from the first time, but like Mm -hmm. the second one's around, like, let me make sure uh, Mm -hmm. that I don't fall into that same trap. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I posted one of my Instagram posts about that, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was worried. I'm like, okay, I talk all this good game, but am I going to keep this weight, same weight on too? Because my spacing between my kids, my son was about five and a half years between my daughter. So I'm also five and a half years older too. So there are a lot of things that contribute to our weight gain. And so when I talk about like weight gain triggers, my approach is to look at it holistically. So physiologically, what's going on in your body um, that is making you gain weight? So for women, pregnancy is a big one. Like in my family, we gain weight during pregnancy. It was funny because there was recently like a wedding and all my my mom, my older aunts, they were all talking about how much weight they gained during pregnancy. I was like, oh, so this is a familial kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. So heredity. So like are people, do people have excess weight in your family once they hit 30, things like that. So looking at it, so that's one of my triggers. So yeah, so knowing that I had that trigger, but then I knew what could keep it on. So the lifestyle things, which are the habits, which also contribute to it too. Like I said, that emotional eating. So pregnancy, I couldn't really control. I did try. Y'all go look on my Instagram page. You'll see I tried. I exercised the whole time. I ate healthy. Well, not the first trimester. There were a lot of carbs first trimester. I couldn't stand kale first trimester. So by second trimester, I was back on my salads and the third trimester, but I still, when all was said and done, I gained um, 50 pounds by the end, if I'm very honest. And, um, and so I was a little bit, I was like, oh, am I really going to be able to lose it? But I knew what to do. I knew I was an emotional eater. I knew that my triggers were stress and sleep deprivation because sleep deprivation will make you crave carbs, which is for me, uh, refined carbohydrates, processed carbs, and not all carbs are bad. Let me say that right now because a lot of people get into trouble, but refined processed carbs, those things are really um, triggers for people's weight gain and especially for mine too. Exactly. Artificially flavor. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. If the if the expiration date is like two to three years away oh, from no. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just know that it's probably going to hang around in your body and affect your genotype and everything like that a little bit longer too. So just know that. So yeah. So knowing that, um, I was able to apply what I had learned from the first time. And that really helped. And I like to say people like, oh, you bounced back. I was like, I didn't bounce back. I dribbled back, y'all. This yes. was tough. I love that. Hey, I love yeah, it. it was, hey. So, yeah, I dribbled. So that means, you know, it, it, I had to work for it, but 
um, I learned. And so that's the whole thing is that you need to know, learn yourself, learn your body, learn what helps, what works, what doesn't work for you. And the same thing. And I think that's why working with like a physician who's obesity certified like myself or other people that it's helpful because we can help you see the whole picture of it. Like what we offer outside of a coach per se is the understanding of that physiology of the body. And, and also the other tools that a coach may not have. So like the medications, what are some of the medications that you're given um, that cause weight gain and what are medications we could give you that can help with weight loss too. But that's a whole nother topic for another yes. day. Yes. Cause we're still let, trying let, to get to the holidays. Let's get to the holidays. <laughs> let's, let's get to the holidays. I, I love it. Yes. Now that is, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those, it's the time of the year, right? Where, yes. As I, I can tell you, in a hospital setting, uh, mm-hmm. we anticipate um, certain patients to come to the hospital. Mm-hmm. We anticipate our heart failure patients to come wow. to the hospital. We mm-hmm. anticipate our diabetic patients to come to the hospital because we know they're not going to be very good around this mm-hmm. time of the year. Mm-hmm. We, we know that the salt content is going to rise. We know that mm-hmm. the sugars and carbs are going to... We, we just know that that that's going to happen. And this is just as me as a hospitalist mm-hmm. who takes care of these patients in the, the emergent setting. Hmm. What is it about the holidays, right? That, that gets us in trouble. What do, what do you, what do you, especially as, as you know, someone in your field, what do, what do you think gets us in trouble and why? I think it's, again, if we look at it holistically, so not just looking at it just for just one perspective, but number one, we're conditioned from the time we are a child to associate the holidays with sweets and treats, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's a time of decadence. It's a time of indulgence, be it from the glittery Christmas trees to the menorahs, whatever it is you celebrate, it's, it's opulent, right? And so all those decorations are out, but along with it comes along the food portion of it too. And so it doesn't matter what social economic class you're from. It's just a time of indulgence. Um, and so the, and that mindset gets into people. And even if they recognize, especially you mentioned some people with chronic medical conditions like obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension, or heart failure, like even if you recognize that it's maybe not the best thing to be doing, that emotional connection to the season and the foods that come along with it really draw people in. So it's not even as simple as saying, oh, I'm on a low sodium diet or supposed to be doing that. It's, well, what does this food really represent? What is it? What feelings or happiness does it create inside of me? Mm, I, I love that. I, I love <laughs> the, the, the emotional tying, really tying in the emotional aspect. Mm-hmm. food, especially around this time of the year brings. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I think that's what really pulls people in. Um, and then, then there's less restriction. And then as we talk about the actual science behind some of these foods, which, you know, the industry doesn't like us talking about it. These foods are really addictive. <laughs> and So they're not just talking like they, some people mm-hmm. really can't resist Oh like no. Some of, these uh-huh. okay. some of these high sugar foods, especially these processed foods, they hit the same parts of the brain as 
drugs. So if you're someone who's already kind of primed to um, these type of things um, or to being primed to high to addictive behavior, so to speak. And I hate because once we say addiction, people who start thinking yeah, yeah, I was, I was it's a scary, like, it's a scary word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not an addict. I'm not a sugar addict. So, you know, I don't want, so I don't want to scare people away. But if you really think about it, there are certain foods that do make you create that cause more craving because they hit these receptors, the pleasure reward centers in our brain, the dopamine reward centers in the brain, just like cocaine would, just like any other drug would. And so once you have kind of activated it, you want it more and more. Now, most of us will be able to turn it off. We'll be able to say, okay, that's enough. I should not eat, you know, the whole tray of cookies. But if you're already in one of those high risk groups, it might just keep going, especially if you're in a social setting that is conducive to you eating more and more like that, such as the holidays, those holidays dinners, those those office parties, the treats that come into the office. Um, so all of those things and, and that condition with the two things. So the emotional aspect and then also the physiological aspect that a lot of these processed high sugar foods really have on the body that make you want more because it stimulates that pressure rewards cycle as well. When, when we talk about, especially like the, the social aspect, because I, obviously I've, uh, especially over the past three months, is definitely something that like I have definitely recognized more and more being in an office setting and someone brings cookies and someone brings, someone brings something that I, I'm not supposed to eat. <laughs> How is it that like the the, the peer pressure, I don't, I, and I hate to call it peer pressure because it's not like someone's forcing like uh, mm-hmm, you know, some food, mm-hmm. but like really the fact that when you look, let's say you look around the table and mm-hmm. everyone's eating a certain food that you know you want, but like you got to like try to fight not mm-hmm. to, like how's how is like that aspect, especially when we talk about the emotions associated with food. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I mean, as human beings, right, let's take it way back to caveman types, right? We are socialized and we are wired to belong, to fit in with the group. So it's a thing about belonging and doing what is the group doing and trying to kind of group think because there was a survival advantage to doing what the group did. Like you didn't want to be the time in where the T-Rex was out and you're out forging doing your own thing. You need to be with the group. So it's kind of that we still have that innate kind of desire to be doing what the group is doing. I think what is helpful is how do we develop the tools to navigate those situations where we are comfortable in our own skin, number one, that we don't feel like the oddball or feel weird. And two, where we're not coming off as rude because we want to make a different choice from what other people want to. And so that's what kind of makes this those social situations kind of awkward, so to speak, because we are socialized to think, okay, the polite thing to do is to eat the cookie regardless of how I feel or what my individual needs are at that time. So I think the hard thing is overcoming that discomfort within yourself that, hey, I don't I know that eating this cookie is not the best thing for me, but I'm not being rude by telling him I really appreciate it, but I just can't have this cookie right now. And um, and also hopefully being in an environment where you have coworkers who respect that kind of your boundaries as well. Yeah. Now, do you, do you find it, uh, especially for the patients you take care of, do you find that much easier to do in the, the the work you know uh, scenario where it's more office work is more of a holiday party versus when you're at home right and it's mom <laughs> dad and uncle. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. And and that's part of what made me want to come out and talk because I was getting this question so much from my um, patients and from different people, like, how do I navigate this? And I think it really, um, again, usually I would say family is greater struggle for some people than work. Um, but also, uh, it, it depends on, again, identifying your values and and having them buy in too. Your family loves you for the most part. So mostly they will respect your wishes and understand what you're doing. But I think also developing some tools. So I feel like, again, if we deprive ourselves too much, um, especially during key things that are important to us, what's going to happen is we're going to revert back to the behavior we had before. So any any lifestyle change that you make should be a true lifestyle change. It shouldn't be a diet. I hate the word diet. Diet has the word die in it. It was meant to die. It's not going to last. It's going to terminate <laughs> at some point. Okay. So what I'm hoping is that is you can cultivate a lifestyle change where it is that you can indulge for one meal, but it doesn't lead to a whole week of indulgence because really you're not going to gain that weight from just that one meal that you decided to share with your family. You're going to gain that weight from eating the leftovers for seven more days from, <laughs> and then eating all the holiday cookies that come in the office through it. So that's where the the weight is going to come from um, and, and stick around from is from that continuity of it. So I basically tell my um, patients what I say is go ahead. You know, this season is going to be real. It's going to be hard. So don't fight it <laughs> okay. a lot in the sense that interesting. So you're, so you're saying like it's, it's going to happen. So don't fight it. So that's, that's kind of the, okay. well, well, Dr. Bear, don't get too happy. Look, you're, you're running with this. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> You are getting way too happy. He, he's like, you should see his face. I was, I was like, like, ooh, ooh, okay, I'm done. I'm already, I'm already thinking of the meal. Like, okay, all right, so I can do that. Okay. No, let's let's take it. Let's take a step back. Let's take a step back before you get way too happy. All right, so step back. What I propose is that you acknowledge it because number one, I think people try to be in denial, right, and feel deprived. So number one, just acknowledge that it's going to be difficult. But don't feel like you have to cheat. I never agree with cheating because cheating already sets up like a negative, sneaky connotation um, on it. I want you to treat yourself. You you are allowed to treat yourself. You are allowed to indulge, but only three times during the season. So go ahead and predetermine what are those three times that you are going to have a treat. So what is most important to you? So what that causes you to do is really prioritize and think about what is most important to me? What do I value most? Is it that Thanksgiving meal where I'm with the family and everything like that? Because I know that being with my family and us eating some of our favorite foods together is most important. So then, okay, then it's the Thanksgiving meal. All right, the office party is always lit and they have the best food, <laughs> food that I will never spend on. So let me go ahead and indulge on the office party. All right, I have one more thing, a third event that I want to indulge in. What will it be? Um, and, you know, so that you can make a, um, be mindful and make a conscious decision about where, where you're going to spend that. Now, every other time in between, you continue what you usually do. For my people, I propose eating clean and having a reduced carbohydrate 
um, eating plan and we track our carbs. But but every other day you're doing that. And in those carbs that you decide to track, you can decide if you want to have an indulgence. I usually recommend the American Dietary Guidelines say less than 50 grams of added sugar a day. Now, honestly, from a weight gain perspective, that is going to lead to significant weight gain at the end of the year, at least a pound to five pounds if you do follow that 50 grams added sugar. So I don't advocate for that every day. But during this season, if you say, okay, well, I have what, 150 carbs that I'm going to eat every day. So I went to do, I decided that I will make, someone brought a cookie in. So I'm going to go ahead and allow myself 25 grams for that one cookie. That's, I think that is fine because you're making a conscious decision and you're not sneaking, you're not treating yourself and you're not pretending that it's not an issue. So that's what I mean when I say being real and identifying ahead of time what you're going to do. Well, and I, I love that you you talk about because I know a lot of people will definitely use the the phrase like cheat meal, mm-hmm. um, you know that that and mm-hmm. we're not we're not cheating here. To, we we don't want you to feel like you're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. indulging at Thanksgiving because we we know we know it's happening right. We're acknowledging <laughs> again, uh, community. I'm taking down notes like as we speak. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. acknowledgement. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be hard, right? Next mm-hmm. Thursday, when Thursday or Friday come around, we know it's gonna be some difficult. But now that we know, now we know how to plan, and yes, and, and, and you feel like the key. planning stage is very important, especially for mm-hmm. uh, us kind of going into this holiday. Is that is that where, if we're gonna fail, where we mm-hmm. typically fail at, like just like in this initial stage, right in the beginning. Absolutely. Because um, rather than preparing yourself for it, you just go to go, thinking you're going to go in blindly and be able to undo what 30 plus years of eating habits. It's going to be, it's going to be so hard like because you don't have a game plan. So I think if you go in like, so right now your preparation for Thanksgiving day, and I'm saying you, but our preparation for Thanksgiving day starts today. It starts at the beginning um, of the week because already you should be thinking about, Hmm, what am I going to eat on Thanksgiving? And it, do I, is if Thanksgiving is one of your indulgence and, you know, I'm not sure when you're going to play this, but so it may be after Thanksgiving, but is it going to be Christmas day? Is it going to be that Hanukkah celebration? Whatever it's going to be, but what is your indulgence going to be? What's your temptation time going to be? And is that a time that you want to choose to indulge? Because again, it really may end up being that when you think back on it, you may not really like Aunt Sally's green bean casserole, but you always just put on the plate anyway. <laughs> you may not prefer the um, yellow box <laughs> mac and cheese because now your tastes have refined and you prefer yours with Gouda and truffles. You don't really want that kind of mac and cheese anymore. So I think it's taking a step back also in evaluating what is important to you, what's a good indulgence for yourself instead of just giving into what you've already always done. And if you don't plan or prepare, that's what's going to happen. You're just going to give into what you've always done. So when we have, so we got the plan, right? Where mm-hmm. we, we've mm-hmm. got our plan. We, we've, we've kind of plotted out our, our three meals that we know that like, you know what, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a in, in enjoy myself, right? If I'm enjoying myself, these yeah, are I'm tre- I'm gonna treat myself, mm-hmm. indulge, yeah. Now, how now? How about when when after those three meals, right? Like, what what is the thought process, especially for your patients who understand, like, okay, 
I can only do those three meals. So leftovers, I can't like all of those, all of those, all of the other temptations that we know, because, you know, especially when we talk about the holidays, you know, it starts Thanksgiving, but Christmas is right around the corner. So we have exactly. like a month of trouble. Uh, I, I hate to call it trouble, but we got a month for some. Yeah. Uh, temptation is hard. Mm-hmm. To, to kind of deal with how what what type of what type of feedback are you getting especially like during like the process right like as far as like oh, yeah yeah i did slip in instead of three i might have had four like what what type of feedback are you getting what type of feedback are you giving uh you know for patients who who may fall into that category as well well i think it's all about reflection so i encourage everyone to keep a weight journal so i and in that weight journal actually it's a little bit interesting because i have everyone start by writing one compliment to themselves so and it doesn't have to be weight related just has to be you know something about yourself like man i have the best taste in shoes these shoes are so cute <laughs> you know so something about yourself because one during our weight loss process um we are so negative i also i told tell everyone what unlocked my lasting weight loss journey was my friend one of my good friends said be nice to sylvia i like her because you know i was really beating myself up i was like man i always say i'm gonna exercise i never exercise i say i'm not gonna eat that chocolate cake i ate three pieces you know mm. and she was just like look please be nice to sylvia i like her and really once i was kind to myself once i was nice to myself that unlocked everything because then I was able to say, hmm, well, why am I not exercising? Is it because I actually have to take care of this 18 month old and my husband commutes for two and a half hours? Like I actually don't have time, but what can I do? Maybe I'll do a YouTube video for 10 minutes every day. That's something I could do. And then on the weekends I can work out. And so it really transformed how I thought. So I have everyone keep a weight journal and in the weight journal, you can put these reflections, like even thinking about, hmm, why did I have that fourth meal? Was I not realistic in saying that I only needed three? Maybe I needed to really, and, and was that was that fourth one really that important to me? Was I really trying to please somebody else during eating it? Did I really want to eat that? Okay, maybe I did really want to eat it. So four, that's okay. So where can I make up for some uh, something else? So really part of this process is learning yourself and identifying, again, the why, the why, the why. So often we're focused on the what, which is the weight that we're not focused on the why behind it. And that why is everything because once you understand your why and your motivation, as I've said for myself too, and, and everything I'm saying to you guys is stuff that I've done. So like I have not gained weight during the holidays because I have followed this same approach. Now, that being said, once again, it's it's about you. I don't want to say put everyone in a cookie cutter box, but in general, this will work. But if you find you have four things that you need to indulge in, you need to think about it. And then I go even deeper because I say, well, in that indulgence, especially if you're adding a fourth, then you need to choose one of three categories. You need to choose sweets, savory, or spirits. Which one are you going to indulge in? So do you want spirits? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a, I don't drink, but I, but I have learned that people like their, their spirits. So I like to, you know, but, and I love alliteration guys. I'm such a literary geek. I love books. I love alliteration. So everything has to have like three S's. It has to have the same letter if I can help it. <laughs> so sweet, <laughs> savory, or spirits, um, which one do you, and which one do you want to indulge in? Um, for that meal, that particular meal. So that's to say, like, if you're going to go hard on dessert, like, and I'm not saying go hard, like eat a whole cake, but if you're going to, you know, have 
an Ethel's famous pie, then go ahead and cut back on the actual meal. So maybe instead of that rice, you're going to go ahead and do a salad instead. Um, or instead of that mac and cheese, you're going to go ahead and do um, the, the sweet potatoes that or something like that. So just balancing it things out a little bit. Now, is there, because I already know someone's going to ask, is there certain foods that you, you're just like, like, come on, like, don't, don't even, like, don't kid yourself, avoid it. Or you're like, you can eat it, but like, in my, what, what, where do you kind of fall in line? Because someone's going to ask, like, well, should I just, just go ahead and avoid the fried turkey? Or should I just have a little, like, what? Because they're going to ask, is there certain foods that they should probably just stay away from this holiday season so they don't get in trouble? Well, it depends on, again, what your goal is. If you look at the literature, one meal is not going to be the thing that is going to end the deal on your weight loss. One meal isn't. So I say, is that turkey really that important to you? Did you just, have you been like dying to try the Popeye's fried turkey? Like if you have and you can't stop thinking about it, you just really, really want to taste it, then go for it. So, but, you know, have a sensible piece, two hands, you know, so then portion control it. If you know that you love macaroni and cheese, that's your indulgence, then okay, you can have the macaroni and cheese as part of it. Now, is it high in carbs? Is it high in fat? Absolutely. Is it something that you should be eating for a whole week? No. But um, if you want to have that, you can have it. But what one of the, my um, patients and one of the things we talked about is actually maybe putting them in muffin tins so that you already have. Oh. Okay. Then portion control for you, or maybe in small ramekins, you know, as opposed to dipping in that big ladle or something like that. Some people are actually doing bringing a portion control plate that they bring and then no leftovers too. So they're taking a portion control plate with them to Thanksgiving. So that'll help them put everything Ooh, into like portions appro- uh, appropriately too. So I think. So I, again, don't like do's and don'ts for adults because I find the most that the more you try to tell people don't do this, don't do that. Yeah, it kind of creates the craving. They're like, hmm, actually, I do want that a little bit more, you know? So I rather you really think about how much do I value that? Is that something important to me? And then make that determination. I love it. And and that's so true because once... Once you put folks in that category, say, no, I want you to like not do this, not do that. Like they become so intrigued and Mm -hmm. they they almost Mm want to test the water. Right. Mm -hmm. They almost want to say, I know she said I can't eat this, but like what is is one piece? What is one piece going to do? What is one um, exactly ice going to do? What is yeah? That's okay. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my uh, approach to it, and I think the data supports that. Because again, one of the benefits and why I love I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a cool nerd, and I uh, I cool represent. Nerd. We love nerds. We we are all nerds out here, and we love I it. I love the science and everything about it. So I say that to say that the science and the data does support that it's going to, it's okay. So I just read a study looking at what is the average amount of weight gain that we have during the holiday season. And interestingly enough, now granted it was a very small study and a bit homogeneous as all these things usually are, but um, the, the weight, neck weight gain was just a pound 
for the holiday season. Oh, wow. In But this was, yeah, very interesting, right? But this was in patients, though, who had a BMI less than 29. So people who had a BMI, so body mass index, so that's, again, your weight in kilograms divided by meters squared. And this is what we kind of use. And that's a whole nother conversation. But this in general, you know my feelings about it. So, But in general, this is what, and that's what they use in the study, in general, um, so once you get over 30, everyone has obesity and it's fine regardless of gender culture. So, yes. So the people who had obesity, they um, gain five pounds on average. So people who are overweight or had obesity to gain more weight during the holidays and their spread was higher. So that is to say, again, thinking about the kind of foods you eat during the holidays, really for these people who already have um, their cells primed in a sense for weight gain. So when we talk about obesity and talk about the accumulation of sick fat, so unhealthy fat cells that ha- wreak hormonal havoc throughout the body and cause more weight gain. So these people tend to gain more weight when exposed to these kind of foods. Now, they didn't look at everybody's food scale. And every, so, so before Kraft and before all the big industry come after me. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just saying they didn't call any names. I'm just saying in general, I find it interesting that the people who already had obesity gained a lot more weight during this time than the people who did not have obesity or overweight in the study. That's very good. Very good. Okay. I love it. I love it. Before we let you go, because obviously we know, you know, the holidays is around and your time is busy. Um, any 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 kind of parting words for the lunch learning community? Because obviously, like I said, um, you have been such an amazing um, asset uh, to our community. Just really oh, kind of so getting kind. us uh, c- kind of in the mindset of what obesity, especially guys. And remember, if uh, lunch learning community, I will put in the show notes all the episodes she's been a part of. Um, you know, she's helped out the working mom. She's helped out just kind of us get an explanation of what obesity is. Um, and I, def- I definitely, I definitely follow her everywhere. So uh, she's definitely uh, an inspiration uh, to kind oh, of thank see, you, Dr. right? Um, you know how to do things correctly. Um, so a- as we get primed and ready for uh, the holidays, and we know what's coming, is there any uh, parting words for lunch in the community? Because, because again, we, we know it's going to be tough for them, right? Uh, for some, right? We know it's going to be tough for some, and you know they 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 hear you know the, the obesity expert uh, on on the, on the podcast, and he wants to say, all right, like if if the obesity expert tells me this, like I think I'm going to be okay. the pressure pressure yes yes (laughs) oh my goodness well i just wanted to encourage everyone and say you don't have to be perfect on this journey you just have to be persistent so that Mm, is to say now again let's let the community you know we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna um splice that and have that posted somewhere that's i love that Yeah, you don't have to be perfect. You just need to be persistent. So that is to say, if you have one bad or let's say unhealthy meal, instead of calling it bad, unhealthy meal that's not in alignment with your goals, don't feel like then tomorrow you have to wake up and do the same thing. Get back on track and be persistent in your goal to lose weight. So don't feel like you have to continue in doing the same thing. And that's to say, if you choose to treat yourself or indulge on Thanksgiving, great. 
tomorrow you get back to what you started doing. If you choose to do it at the office party tomorrow, you get back and do start what you're doing. So just remember perfection is not required. Persistence is. And so be persistent in the goals that you have for yourself. Also this during these holidays, choose your values, choose what you, what matters most to you. Choose those three treat meals that you're going to indulge in and know why you're indulging in it. Know if it's because you want to do it with your family, because you want to be with your friends, because you actually enjoy an Ethel's chocolate pie, like whatever it is, but know your why behind whatever you're doing, because it's not just about the number on the scale. It's about the story behind it and why you're doing what you're doing. And that's what's going to help you get to lasting weight loss. So that's that's Ooh. basically what I have Hello. to say. I, I told you I knew she was going to knock it out of the park. I, had, I, had dropped that, I surprised that question on it, too. So I already knew. <laughs> Because I already knew I, I was I was confident. I was like, oh, she's not gonna let me down. She's not gonna, she's not gonna let so us kind. down. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvia, where uh, I've, I've obviously on the past few episodes we've talked about it, but where can people find you, follow you, get get into your motion, get into your world of uh, what you do and and how you do it. Oh, wonderful. Well, you can find me on all social media platforms, but especially on Twitter on Instagram and also on Facebook. So I give you inspiration and share my own weight journey. And I definitely am not perfect, but I am persistent. And so you get to see what a fit foodie looks like because I do like my food, but I try to, you know, balance it with fitness and also with healthy food too. So seeing that variation. Uh, And then I also have a website, um, www.drsylviagboli at dot uh, com. I'm sorry, dot com, and you can find me there. And I enjoy speaking, so if people want me to come out and speak, I'm happy to do that. Um, and also, I like writing, so if there's things you want me to write for you, I'm happy to do that as well. So yes, yeah. I love it. And, <laughs> she, and she's not lying because I think she dropped the picture. I think it was today. I'm recording this on the Monday. Um, it was like a salad with some avocado. It looked so good. I like my salad. My salads never look. My salad never looks this good. Like, like, I'll eat the salad and then some grilled chicken and yeah, I'll throw a little color, but her hoofroo just looks amazing, right? It, I'm a foodie. I love look. See, and that's the thing. So that's another episode too, Doctor. We just stack it up episodes, right? Yes, yes. Like, like people always. So when I'm a foodie, right? And because my parents are restauranteurs, my parents catered and everything. Had a restaurant growing up, so I grew up just immersed in food culture. And um, when I was trying to lose weight, it was very challenging because so much of what I enjoy is food. But what I did is challenge that energy into how can I make de- healthy food as delicious as possible? Because even if I'm trying to lose weight, I'm not going to punish myself by eating gross food. So I just need to figure out like what are new spices I can use? What are new flavors? What are different things that I can do to make this healthy food taste good? And so that's just my approach to it. So it needs to look appealing. It needs to taste good. So yeah, I deck out my plate each day because I or find cute little little containers to put my lunch in because it just makes it more appealing, especially if you're eating a kale salad when everybody in the lunch is eating Popeye's. True story. So, you know, you really got to make your food look really good. <laughs> I love it. I tell you, I'll be so jealous. I'm like, oh, my salad, my salad don't never look 
This is what social media does. But you know this social media got the angles and the lighting. So yes, 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 yes. No, no, okay. no. She definitely, she definitely do. She definitely do it up. Again, thank you, Dr. Sylvia, for an amazing, well, amazing episode as always. Um, uh, we're gonna get this out. We're gonna get this out before the Thanksgiving crowd, so we can, so they, they, can they can be ready. Temptations on the way, but Dr. Sylvia is here. You can do it, guys. We can do it. We can do it, not you. We can do it. This is going to force me to be accountable and posting so that you guys can know too what I'm doing as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. You have a great night. Thank you again. You too. Thank you, Dr. Baring. And keep up the great work on your end too. I I appreciate it. Again, you've been a motivating factor and uh, that, that's why if, for those who know I'm on, on Instagram, um, when, when I usually go to the gym, I'm starting to go back to the gym again. I always, I always tag the people who inspire me to go to the gym and she's definitely when I go say, Hey, whoop, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and you're usually there when I'm like, just getting up and about to have like, okay, let me go work out now. Cause now he's there. <laughs> <laughs> like i guess i'll roll out of bed and put on this youtube video yes yes i love it <laughs> have a great night you too bye dr Barry. thank you for getting to the end of the show i am your host dr barry pierre host of the lunch learner dr barry and this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today if you have not had a chance please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening if you already listen and you've already subscribed make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is and if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes always head over to lunchlearnpod.com that is lunch learn pod all in one word dot com and you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode but separately especially the one you just listened to and i'm gonna see you guys next week you guys be blessed bye